Hello and welcome back to Backbeat Conversations. On this podcast, we like to talk about all the facets of the music and entertainment industry and bridge the gaps between them all. I'm Julianne Francis here with my co-host Elena Henry. Hey, what's up? And this week we are talking about stage clothes. What do you wear on stage? Where do you buy those things? How do you buy those things? Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, first, maybe we should talk about, like, the expectations of, like, genre. Yeah. Like, what genre you play in and, like, what you're expected to look like and stuff. And then, like, choosing whether or not to follow those mm-hmm. those guidelines. Because, like, you feel like a poser when you first start in, like, a new genre. <laughs> like, because when I, we first started doing rock, I was like, oh, God, <laughs> I've never dressed like this before. And it feels like I'm... I, I feel like a poser right now. <laughs> like, I'm lying. I'm lying. I wanted to be Lady Gaga for so long, I don't know what to wear when I have to do punk rock things. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, though, I, who was I? I think I was having this conversation with my mom, and it was like, she she said, she brought it up because she had just, like, heard, like, a couple interviews of either like musicians i guess mostly musicians talking about like the style of music they play versus what they thought they were going to play versus like what they actually listen to or like sing and i think there's a lot of people out there who are like you know say somebody's like playing pop music but they like listen to thrash metal they just like ended up being a pop guitarist for whatever reason so like sometimes I guess you really do be having to be a poser if that's what's making you money and like you're happy and everything. So like under certain circumstances, don't feel guilty. <laughs> yeah, and I mean like whatever you want to do is what you want to do. Like um we don't we don't dress like because we think we have to look a certain way. Right. But we did have to like think about like well, if we're going to do rock music, maybe we should all look a little bit edgier than we like normally would yeah it was just regardless of genre before we more specifically go there and like what's expected of different genres i feel like the best way to go about it is like if you could dress however you wanted on a daily basis or if every day was the met gala or something because that just happened like like yesterday yeah, like, what would you do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good question because you need to, for me, if I don't look the way that I want to look, I just think I sound like shit. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, the way you look and the way that you play are so tied in with every like with everything. Because, like, how you sound and how you look are not separate when you're playing for an audience. Yeah. That, like, if I don't look, like, the way that I want to look, I'm like, Gah. yeah, yeah. And I, there's probably like, uh, uh, what's the word? Like, I don't know if you ever felt like this, but I noticed that there was like, uh, like self confidence issues, in like in like a really specific way. So, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I went to a very like specific school 
um, middle through high school. So I was only in person twice a week. So it was pretty common for people to like, I don't know, like dress their best or like dress like in a really expressive way. Like, like what I was just saying, like where just wearing what you want to wear, basically very like outward personality in the style. And that was pretty common. So I got used to that. And then I got to college and like, no one does that. <laughs> like not nobody, but, um, very few and far between and that could just come from there's more people in one isolated area so I started to sort of like tone down a lot of the time and it would take a lot of like this weird like building up to get the courage to wear the outfit even though like the outfit is what I wanted to wear and I got used to having the feeling that you just talked about where it's like the outfit is sort of making me feel more complete as a person (laughs) or like I don't know how else to put it um so that I feel like that might happen with stage clothes as well like if you get used to just like wearing jeans and a t-shirt every day but like in your head you're you're like damn I wish I could look like that you know and then you're like all right well it's stage time so I'm gonna look like that it might like feel weird the first couple times it does feel a little weird because like and like I've won- I'm finally wearing clothes I've wanted to wear since I was, like, 13. Because, like, now I'm old enough. I'm 20 now. I'm old enough to purchase them and be, like, if I want to have my tits out, I can have my tits out. <laughs> and so it's, like, it's like buying the things that I always wanted to wear on stage. And now it just feels very, like, yes. Like, look at me. Like, I'm, I am Elena. I am young Elena's, <laughs> like, dream. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like after we talk about different, like, genres, uh, I was debating talking about age-appropriateness, and since you brought it up... Yeah, let's do that now. Let's talk about age-appropriate stage clothes. Yeah. It's a... It's a weird topic. It's It's a strange area. It is a strange area, because, like, honestly, the only time it really matters is, like, when you're, like, 50, you can wear whatever you want, so, like, you know, like, getting old doesn't mean you have to stop dressing creatively, but when you're, or like whatever, however you want to dress, but when you're like 15 and 16 or younger or younger, when you're, however you're, you know, however old you are when you're playing shows, it's like no one should mistreat you because of what you're wearing, mm-hmm. but we don't live in an ideal world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure you thought about this because you've been playing shows for a long time. Yeah. So I would do, um, in another episode, we're going to talk about getting gigs, so I, I can talk more about this in that episode. But when you are under 18 or even under 21 in certain circumstances, it is difficult to get shows. So I uh, took lessons at like a they refer to it as a studio. So it, it's just rather than like going to somebody's house and taking lessons, which is a lot of people's experience. It's like a, a business with a lot of teachers, like whatever. And they had a program where they would put the students together who they thought would like get along and want to play the same kind of music in bands. And then like they would get us gigs. So a venue that would usually be 18 plus or 21 plus would like agree to open up on like a Saturday or Sunday afternoon and and we would get to play for our friends and parents. And it was just, you know, stage experience. So I kind of like lived through the like, what do I wear on stage as a teenager and obviously we all live through like school dress codes um so when we say age appropriateness i definitely think like the 
no spaghetti straps and like, you know, no crop tops and your shorts have to be longer than your fingertips. Like all that shit is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, some people's parents are going to be more strict than others. I can't really like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to defy your parents. You got to think critically about that and try to talk to them. But um, in my head, it's more about like, you should look your age when you're under 18. Yeah. And I know that that (laughs) that can be hard, but it's also like, it's just, my parents always said, like, as long as you are in our house and you're not 18, like we, we get to decide like what's appropriate for you because we're the adults of your house. And that was never that, that was never something I felt particularly like a way about, like, I always like looking back now like all my mom was trying to do was protect me yeah and like there is something to be said for like now i'm 18 i do whatever i want i show up my mom showed my mom come now i'm 20 mom comes to gigs and she's like damn you look hot (laughs) but like because i am of the age where i can make those choices and say like and also it's like you can't really have your boobs out when you're like 16 because that's technically child porn there are laws and stuff that about your body about your because because you're a minor yeah and how you can and like taking pictures and doing all like i just just look your age like it, a crop top yeah. is regular a crop top is is teenage girl stuff mm-hmm. teenage person stuff i'm just speaking from the female perspective because i don't really think that like guys really have a a really a problem with this yeah if you're a very like if you're not a particularly feminine male or like feminine androgynous person then you may not like experience this because a lot of the the, a lot of the problems come into play obviously if like you have a lot of like boobage showing or like your butt cheeks are out yes and usually like men don't do that and i i'm not trying to like sound sexist and misogynistic as if they can't because it's not about a gender thing it's just that like more often than not statistically cisgendered men are the ones who like don't want to do that (laughs) yeah and because it's it's not like what we're talking about is not like we don't want you to look hot yeah i remember being 16 and wanting to look hot but you have to do it in an age-appropriate way like my mom would be like you do look hot but you're 16 like that's as hot as you are allowed to look like right (laughs) Yeah, like, being on stage as a teenager a lot of the time just meant, like, a crop top and skinny jeans and Doc Martens. And, like, that was enough because I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying I'm, I'm trying extremely hard not to cross into the, like, the, like, um, modesty culture thing because that's not at all what it's about. Yeah, it's not about gender and it's not about modesty. We're speaking from the feminine perspective. And that also just happens to be women happen to be particularly attacked and paid attention to in this area. And we're also we're not transgender. So I literally don't know how it is for transgender people in this area if that's something people are interested in like dm us or like tweet at us or something and we'll ask somebody to come on because i really have no idea 
I'll be honest and say I have no idea. I'm sure it's hard, but in a completely different way than it's hard for us, you know? Yeah. And, like, even now, at, I'm an illegal adult, it feels wrong sometimes to to go out that way because of how long I, I to go out, like, looking the way that I look sometimes because I spent so long being, like, I can't do that. And so now when I, like, go out and do stuff, I'm still very much like, oh, God, what if men are looking at me? Mm. Yeah. My my parents were a little more lax with it, maybe, it sounds like. Because I know what you're talking about, and, like, that thought runs through my head, too. Like, And also the thought runs through my head, like, are people going to look at me like I'm a crazy person? Um, <laughs> oh, so we went out to dinner the other day, and, like, all of us were dressed... <laughs> <laughs> and like we were in like leather and <laughs> we were all made up we like went out to like regular regular dinner place and we were all yeah. like sorry <laughs> that's another thing about stage clothes is that if you don't have time to change you don't have to just be out in the world in them you're kind of like oh boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god but yeah my mom was like I don't know how much my dad was phased by it or if he, like, I don't think he knew what opinion to take <laughs> with clothes when I was under 18. Or he did and he just didn't say anything and it all came through my mom. I'm not really sure. But I remember, like, it never was a problem with stage clothes, really, because, you know, the, like, she would do the same thing. Like, I would get dressed and she would be like, most of the time, she'd be like, yeah, like, that's fine. Because, like, she purchased all of my clothes. So, like, the likelihood that I would come up with something that she was, like, maybe not that. Yeah, it was very <laughs> it was, like, slim. rare. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes she would, like, be debating about it. And I would be like, you bought this for me, though? Like, what did, what did you want me to do with it? <laughs> and we would just kind of figure out a way to, like, make it okay. So I had, like, some... um like sheer shirts in high school or whatever and I was an older high school student but I would like put um like a bandeau over my bra you know and then wear something high-waisted so nothing was really like on show and I was like still decently covered and she was like yeah like you still look like a teenager and like it's fine where now if I wear a sheer shirt I wear like a fancy bra yeah so you just kind of have to like, it's really what it is, is about consent. Because when you are that young, you can't really give people the consent to look at your body that way, like informed mm. because you're 16. You really can't say like, I'm okay with grown adults seeing my, <clears throat> all of my body in that way. Yeah. And also adults can't really consent to you because you are to see you that way. Cause you're 16 or under you're you're a minor so it's very much like you really can't have equal consent of seeing visuals <laughs> like i don't know if that made any sense but like yeah because like now when i go to a bar everybody there is over 18 they know it's a bar they know that there's music playing and if i show up in a bra they they were probably aware that that was going to happen yeah yeah and in most situations like that's probably like a safe thing because we're in a public space and we're all together and nobody's going to leave anybody alone. Obviously, I'm not trying to 
And when I say that, I'm also not trying to sound like victim blamey. It's always the attacker's fault, obviously. Always, yes. But that's kind of like the road we're going down here where like, like Alina said earlier, unfortunately, things like this are more dangerous for you if you are not an adult yet, which is like why the clothing is important because, you know, you're a child, so adults should not look at you in that manner, but some will. <laughs> I can't think of a way to honest. say it without saying it. I don't know if anything I've said has made any sense in like 10 minutes. <laughs> this is such a weird, convoluted, shitty area because like I will I'll use this example and then I'll see if that sort of puts it all into perspective and like kind of wraps it up. I like in high school in sequence. <laughs> So I think, like, multiple days in a row, or at least, like, close together, got dress-coded for wearing shorts that were too short, right? Once again, mom was present at all purchases. Mom made all purchases. It was decided that the shorts were okay. Um, you know, butt cheeks fully covered. Got dress-coded, and... Which instance do I want to talk about? I feel like this one's more related. So one time, a teacher who I still talk to, and I love her, um, she was just doing her job, so I'm not trying to make it seem like she's some type of way. Like, it's not that. She, and one day she might hear this, so I also want to say that. Like, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> Duh. She emailed my mom and told her, like, that what I wore to school wasn't uh appropriate and i remember her asking me about it like does your mom know what you wore to school today like da 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 and i was like i feel like she bought it all like i i yeah she drove me here like i don't know um so i think that's why she emailed her like do you know what she wears to school and like all this stuff so when my mom got home she was really angry at me and i was getting angry texts from her while I was at school, because previously she had to drive to the school and bring me sweatpants. Yeah, they really went that far. That was a different teacher. That teacher, I feel some type of way about that. Making my mom drive all the way, whatever. That was the unrelated one. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the end of the story. So my mom gets home and she's like, okay, what did you wear to school today? And I was like, here it is. I had on regular shorts, not booty shorts, but not like long Bermuda shorts. Just like, you know, reg regular shorts butt covered not particularly tight jean shorts a t-shirt that was too big for me <laughs> and a flannel that also coincidentally did was also too big for me and went way past my butt <laughs> it was one of those days and my mom was just like oh like you look fine what the hell like why were they so upset with you and i was like bruh i don't know i don't know so all that is to say, your parents are probably the best benchmark for you if you are under 18 right now. Um, if they are more on the conservative end, you know, and you feel uncomfortable with that or like there is something sort of wrong with that in your own moral code, you can try to talk with them. But, you know... When adults do things like that, they are trying to protect you. And the only way in which that 
matters is like Elena was talking about with, you know, consent even kind of bridges into looking at not just like physical acts. You can't really consent to having like your body on show, especially in a way that doesn't make you look your age. Yeah. Did that work? (laughs) Did that make sense? Yeah, I think it made sense. Like a good example of this is like, I just looked her up and she's 18 now, but Olivia Rodrigo always looks so cute. Mm. And she, but she never looks over sexualized. Mm -hmm. Like she was on the VMAs, I think a couple days ago. She had like a cute dress on. It was short. It was nice. Like, and she looks really nice. And she, but she didn't look like Beyonce. (laughs) She didn't have that going on. And like Mm -hmm. when she was on SNL, she just had like plaid pants, like nice boots, and like um, a crop top on. She looks eighteen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And she never takes it too far, but she also isn't like totally covered up. Like she doesn't need to have long sleeves and like a turtleneck on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then if if we're gonna use pop stars as an example, the whole Billie Eilish situation. I never knew what to make of it because it wasn't until recently that I found out part of the reason she was always wearing baggy clothes is that she didn't she was protecting herself from being objectified um and then people tried to like make her into a martyr of like modesty for teenagers like oh you're being such a good example for teenage girls that you know like they need to cover up and dress appropriately um and she was like that that's not what I was like trying to do it's that like I didn't want hate comments and like we like paparazzi stalking me and like you know teenagers should be able to dress how they want and then when she turned 18, or maybe she was 19 when this happened, like she's like a year younger than me. When she turned 19, she was like, I am choosing to put my body on display because I can. Mm-hmm. And she still does the baggy clothes thing, but it doesn't like that was a choice that she made to protect herself from all the scrutiny. Like it's all it's all about being 18 and being able to choose what you want to do. Because, like, also your understanding of the world when you're, like, a teenager, like, when you're, like, 12 to 16, is not always, like, on par with how the world actually is. Yeah. So, like, you and I, when we go to clubs and our sexy dresses and shit, we know that there's a chance that someone's going to say something weird or someone's going to look at us weird or whatever. But... We're 20 and 21. We play in clubs and we know that it's going to happen. When you're 15 or 16 playing a venue that's usually 18 or 21 plus, you're not used to that. You don't know that's going to happen because you know high school and you go to high school. Everybody's the same age as you except for the teachers who have been extremely background checked (laughs) and there's not alcohol present. Yeah. 
If you are looking to maximize the value of your home by making the exact right improvements with no money out of pocket and by taking advantage of a marketing plan that's proven to get you the highest value for your home, call Shannon Diorio with Next Level Living at Compass. The office number is 610-822-3356 and Shannon can be reached directly at 610 610- Two four six five nine four five. Anyway, let's move on to something more fun because I feel like we've hit this we've hit this pretty good, and I'm sure they're gonna cut a large chunk of that out because that was pretty uh some of that was kind of spotty, <laughs> especially on my yeah. part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I had not fully decided whether or not we should go there before we started the episode. Uh, that's on that's we that's there. on us, but. I'm glad that we did, and I think there were good uh, examples in there. But anyway, genres. Because <laughs> I think there is an expectation in a lot of genres about how you're supposed you're supposed to look, and I think that can be kind of helpful as like a guide. Like I know when I was looking for stuff, I was like leather question mark. <laughs> it's it's all fake because we we love animals here at um backbeat conversations none of us wear real leather at anything yeah. <laughs> but um and you're like you kind of can use that as a guide but don't take the genre conventions to heart yeah don't be like i have to look this way or like if you're in a genre that's like pretty like male dominated don't feel like you have to look masculine or vice versa if you're in a genre that's pretty like feminine saturated don't feel like you have to look feminine yeah because a lot of it is more about like textures and colors and Mm -hmm. like i know with punk rock it's a lot of like chains and accessories and stuff like that shoes it's a lot about the shoes we love our punk rock shoes yeah yeah so like kind of the best way for me to talk about this is to use like literal examples um also it almost everything i own is not leather when i was a teenager i wanted doc martin so bad and i was not educated about the animal world and like i don't know like i had family members who would like praise items that were like genuine leather so that was just kind of like a thing and i didn't think about it because you know being a teenager like we said you you just don't, you don't know things. And Doc Martens never fall apart. Trust me, I want those bitches to fall apart so I have an excuse to replace them with their vegan counterparts. Mine, I've been wearing mine since the ninth grade and they just now got a hole in them. <laughs> yeah, and it's mine are, whack. Mine are patent leather, they're fake. <laughs> yeah, for my wallet, I don't want them to fall apart because if they did, I could, couldn't actually afford all new ones. But I mean, that's another thing we can talk about is like affordability the, the and the materials you're using. Like, because you know, when you're unless you live in a house, people who are vegetarian or vegan already, you don't really think about like the products that you're using and like the the things you're wearing. And I was just lucky that I wanted. Wow, yawning. I wanted the shiny Doc Martens, so they weren't real leather, so I can keep wearing them. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. like, just be, if you are someone who's interested in, like, a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle, because Julianne's vegan, but I'm not, and I still extend that to, like, 
I'm vegetarian, so I still extend that to like my clothes and stuff. Yeah. Like I still like I I eat like cheese and milk. I think that's about the only things that I eat that are not plant based. But I still extend the like animal stuff to like my shirts and my pants and my jackets and like <laughs> trying not to use animal products and those things. Yeah. Yeah. So like I the the genre thing because I before we sort of move on because like researching what is usual in your genre like I feel like is more of a personal endeavor rather than us like breaking down yeah. the clothes of every genre <laughs> like we only we only use one genre anyway <laughs> you should definitely not do that we're yeah. not qualified yeah obviously pop stars look a certain way obviously people in like certain metal genres look a certain way and punk genres look a certain way and then there's like so many crossovers so like probably the best advice is like look at artists that you're inspired by and look at artists that you like their style and brands that you like like look at their instagram like models and shit just or like tiktok or something like somewhere where you can like find people wearing things that you're interested in pinterest is a great place for that yeah and then base it off of that and then if um since we started to go there if affordability is an issue then we start to sort of get into the ethics around materials and what some stores and suppliers are doing to people and the environment so obviously there's thrifting you know a thrift store in a certain area is going to be more expensive than a thrift store in a different area that's a whole other thing i've heard that called the gentrification of thrifting but i have had personal luck with thrifting when you look in the in the right places um but i feel like the more juicy topic is the cheap slash fast fashion world of buying gig clothes <laughs> yeah and uh, julianne and i we've talked about this a, a lot we talk about this a lot because sometimes you have something in your head something very specific and you find it uh somewhere like Shein, and you're like oh my god this specific thing that i had in my head at seven dollars and then you're like sitting looking at your computer and you're like oh my god Everybody on TikTok and Instagram and everywhere tells me not to buy from Shein. Look at this perfect thing. And I think the Julianne and I have kind of landed on, like, um, if you don't treat it like fast fashion, it's okay every now and then. Yeah. Like, because Julianne and I buy things off Shein every now and then, and then we wear the shit out of them. Yeah. Because fast fashion is only a problem. Well, no, I can't say that because I don't know. Fast fashion, a lot of the problem is the quick turnover of people buying things and getting rid of them. Yeah. Like, because, you know, in a, in a capitalist society, it can be hard not to feel guilty when you buy anything, especially if you're like paying attention to like, and you're trying to be ethical, but also as a part of capitalism, sometimes you have to say, I don't have money, but I need to look pretty to make money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because the, 
that's a good point because if you're listening to this and you're like, why does this matter? The it sort of ties into how we were saying the better we look on stage, the better we sing and play and perform and act and all of that. It it really is like a big chunk of this stuff is about the show. Um, if you want good examples of that, one of the most famous examples is the rock band Kiss. They have all these pyrotechnics. They have the big crazy costumes. They have like the makeup and they do all this stuff. And like that is sort of like the extreme example of this. So that is like why clothes matter. Because even if like you could go up in like sweatpants and a ripped and stained t-shirt and like whatever, like you could go up in what you're going to go to bed in that night, right? And you could play awesome. But if you're not, like, if your face doesn't look engaged, if you're not, like, moving around, and if you're not dressed in a way that looks like you are performing, it automatically takes down the level of the show. So I know that was a weird place to insert that. I probably should have started with that, but that's why this matters. (laughs) Yeah, and this is, bear with us, this is our first time doing a solo episode, because we're going to start incorporating those, we're doing them without guests, <laughs> so we're, yeah, <laughs> we're doing, we're doing our best. Because now so that we've it, had so many guests, we sort of have things that we can, like, more in specific talk about now that we've sort of gone through, like, yeah, almost every area of, like, everything that's surrounding what we do, so... I know I was at um I was at a conference this weekend and I was I was I was working um doing like sound and running around and whatever and I was noticing that a lot of the bands didn't really have like they didn't have a look like they played great and their equipment was great and like their their setup was amazing but they all just they just they look like they had just like they got up and they put their clothes on and they came and then they like played and then they were like that's it it was like jeans and t-shirts and stuff and like that can be okay. We're not saying that's not okay, but it, it did give a lot of the bands a very incohesive feel. Like they all kind of like woke up and like went for four different aesthetics. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's more about the cohesiveness than anything else. Yeah, because like, so like we can talk about this too. Like drummers, you don't need to have nice pants. You just need to look good from your waist up because no one can see the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, drummers worry about nice shirts. And then you have to think about, like, okay, fringe on your arm is cool, but if you're playing a a guitar or a bass, that's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we can do some, like, like, some, like, actual, like, advice here, like, things you can look out for. If you put, if you put the clothing on and it doesn't feel right immediately, take it off and don't buy it. Because if you put it on and it immediately bothers you, you are not going to want to be sweaty on stage in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I've done that before. I've went and been like, oh, my God, this shirt's amazing. And if I have to keep adjusting the shirt, like, just while I'm standing in the dressing room, I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And before we move too far away with it, because I know we were like, how and where to buy clothes? Um, and then we got distracted because there's so much that goes into this. I didn't realize until we sat down to do this. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, because, like, we've been doing it for so long. that We were like, oh, yeah. 
like buying sage clothes. <laughs> but do your own research into the store, whether it's a brick and mortar or online and decide if you're okay with it. And really like no matter where you buy your clothes from, I recommend being as gentle with them as possible. And I, this is going to sound gross, but my boyfriend makes fun of me washing them as little as possible um not in like a disgusting way like obviously like wash your underwear duh but like (laughs) if the shirt doesn't smell it can wait that's sort of what i mean um if there's no stains on it it can wait if it's more fragile it can wait (laughs) invest in a delicate bag to wash your clothes in a delicates bag because like I know some of the clothes I bought said hand wash only and I was like fuck no I don't have time to hand wash clothes so my <laughs> mom was like we're gonna put them in a delicates bag and I was like okay and they came out fine yeah you just do like the delicate setting on your washing machine and you put them in the delicate bag and then they like aren't gonna like tear and everything yeah or you could do the Johnny D and you could just spray them with vodka yeah yeah throw back to that episode <laughs> I need to try that with my infamous sparkle cape because I am deathly afraid to wash it. <laughs> I am afraid for you to wash that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like good stores to look for things is Shein and H&M mostly like on the cheap end. H&M's kind of in the middle. Yeah, it like I think I have a theory with H&M. I think it depends on where you live. Because when I go to H&M's near me, there is always, without a doubt, always a section for like, I always call, refer to it as like the like the party clothes section. Like it's where you would find like maybe like New Year's Eve looking stuff, the fake leather, the sparkly stuff. Like It's all like $8. Yeah, the sheer stuff. Um, I found some things that like are like on the $30 end, but it'll be like an embroidered fake leather skirt. And it's like, okay, well, that's way cheaper than it would be somewhere else. And I'll wear it for a long time. So whatever, right? So like from $8 to $30, that section. When we went to H&M in Lancaster, fuck all at that H&M. Yeah, like business clothes, <laughs> cottagecore yeah. shit. If your aesthetic is cottagecore, don't take this the wrong way. I was so mad when I went out shopping for stage clothes for the first time and realized that the aesthetic is now cottagecore and all the sexy clothes I've been waiting to wear for 18 years were now pastel. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, but you can reverse this advice. Go out right now and get everything you can. (laughs) Yeah, you can reverse this advice if you sing or play like more like country or indie or like somewhere in between or like folk music like if that's the vibe then something like that for really cheap shit uh would be perfect so you know all these stores that usually sell the more like rock and roll like h&m feels very like debbie harry to me like they actually like even sometimes have blondie stuff in there or even like madonna e. they also have like the more hippie folk stuff which is also applicable to a lot of styles like jam bands like the grateful dead even kind of stuff um 
So like, yeah, we come from a rock perspective. So if you're like the opposite, just like reverse all our advice. <laughs> yeah. Go out right now and go to H&M. <laughs> they have amazing cottagecore things for you. Yeah. And if you if you want something sparkly, go to Windsor. Mm. I get all my sparkly things from Windsor. <laughs> or something something a little like I don't I keep we keep throwing the word sexy around, but like something a little sexier, Windsor. Yeah. Yeah. If you need something, I hate to say it, but if you need something very specific and you need it fast, probably Amazon. I know. It's we have um a Prime membership and we've had it for years, like like my family when I say we. Um before people kind of started to have these mixed and oftentimes hardcore opinions about Amazon. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a store and I would be I just try not to think about it, to be honest. And I don't know if that's the wrong response. I'm just going to be honest. I know all the sides of Amazon. And it like, I know I some of my family members work for Amazon and like they like it. Like a lot of people are like, this is absolutely horrible. And they're like, it's fine. Like, it's my job. So like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Do your own research and form your own opinion, like I said earlier. So just like take all the stores that we say, like, with a grain of salt, if you find something that you don't like and you can't make peace with buying it, then that's that's okay. Like, you know, Amazon is this multi-billion dollar company. They are also investing in and donating to world and people saving things. I had to read all about it for a grad class that I'm in. Like, I had to read their whole, like, you know, most recent plan. And, like, there's good and bad with every store, I feel like. So all these, like cancellation trains like these very extreme one-way things also take that with a grain of salt like it's probably correct information but you may not need to feel guilty about purchasing something necessarily and it's a nuanced thing because a lot of things you can do to be sustainable because a lot of it comes back to sustainability and things you can do to like not do fast fashion are things that people with money can do and sometimes you don't yeah. have money and you can't always be responsible for those things. Yeah. Like, I love Depop. Do I have Depop money all the time? No. Does it make me feel a little better to get things used? Yeah. Yeah. But I can't always afford it. Sometimes, though, like, looking on sites like Depop and Shein, I will also say, can be, like, stressful because the search engines and, like, the user interfaces are just, like, weird but i would i would go to to depop as like your your first thing that you do because you kind of have like a i'm going to say like a 60 40 chance 60% chance that you will find something that you want that is affordable that is in your size that is like not beat to hell 40% chance it's all going to be way too expensive <laughs> and it's going to be somebody who has made it their job to purchase something and either not wear it or wear it like once and then resell it that's depop is sort of 50 50 it's like a thrift store but then like also that so that is usually like my first thing that i go to and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't 
and then that's usually my first stop too yeah for something very very specific you can find luck in like boutique stores that might be more expensive but if it's like a statement piece like i just bought demonia shoes and i found them in a store called angry young and poor in lancaster um which was nice because otherwise demonias are sold online and if you've seen demonia boots like you probably want to like walk around a store in them before you commit to that you want to like put them on make sure you can not die not face yeah (laughs) yeah so that's something like that i will do a lot for something that's very specific like that like i found um this red fake leather skirt that has like studs all over it and i still to this day have never seen anything like it found them in a random boutique store in york pennsylvania of all places beautiful skirt right but for more like if you're like i need a leather crop top depop sheen h&m <laughs> yeah you know like <laughs> and like i love that you said that about statement pieces because like that was what i wanted to talk about next is that statement pieces are so important because like making people pay attention to you is an important is probably the most important part of being a musician because if people aren't paying attention to you they're not appreciating you they're not listening to the music that you're playing and they're not they're not they're not all in with you you need people all in with you yeah and if you show up and you have like a statement piece on like julianne has the boots i have a fringe belt that moves a lot on stage. It makes it it makes a nice like little swish swish noise. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a statement piece because you need to pull people in immediately. If the music doesn't do that immediately, it doesn't mean it's bad music. And you can't count on people to get pulled in by the music. You got to pull them in beforehand. Yeah. And that is not your fault. It doesn't mean you wrote a bad song or you, it doesn't mean you didn't write a catchy song or any of that. It's probably like literally more so about culture and the social situation that you might be in at whatever venue you're at if you're playing at like a bar or restaurant type deal uh where there's already a built-in audience and you didn't have to sell tickets then yeah you probably can't rely on people to immediately pay attention to you just because you're playing these people have likely been there before they're used to music playing and like you know it's it might be sort of like a nice background noise for them. So if you're trying to get attention, this is one thing that can help. If you had to sell tickets, so people are there because they know that there will be people playing or tickets were being sold, like whatever the... If tickets were sold, this can be a way to make a more memorable impression on people. Yeah, because like it sounds bad to say that because like, you know, there's a part of me that wants to be like, well music is just like a part of me and it's like people will know that I care about it like they won't they won't know because they don't care about people who are strangers don't care about you as a person (laughs) (laughs) you you are there like when you're playing for your parents they're like that was great and your parents say that because they're your parents and they paid money so that you could sing really loud through the drywall for seven years so now that they're playing shows they're like thank god she doesn't have to sing through the drywall in our house anymore while I'm trying to work or sleep or cook or watch TV. So like they, they know all the hard work that went into it, that went into you being, you know, becoming the musician you are. These are the people, they couldn't give less of a shit. If they don't know you, you're just, you're there to provide a service. And if you want them to pay attention to you on a deeper level, you have to give them something to pay attention to. 
and in the next episode next week i think we'll talk about stage performance like like um stage presence and performance stuff which also mm-hmm. ties into this but the first thing people notice about you when you get on stage is what you look like because you haven't even picked up your instrument or touched the microphone or picked up your drumsticks yet yeah but they that's their first impression of you yeah yeah well we're encroaching on an hour here so before elena reads the outro uh since this was sort of the first time we did this and a different topic than we usually talk about um, and we covered a lot, I'll just real quick give you give you the cliff notes. So stores uh, for cheap, a thrift store in a not rich area, <laughs> a thrift store, H&M, Shein, Amazon, Windsor, places like that, right? Uh, Depop is secondhand, but like we talked about that. Uh, statement pieces, they can be your shoes, they can be a belt, it can be like a really fancy skirt or like a shawl, like, like, think like Stevie Nicks or something. Um, style wise, look up artists that inspire you to sort of get your style and then tailor kind of what we've said this whole time to that. And uh, if you're still like, I just don't get it. I encourage you to buy like one outfit that you absolutely love, play in it, and then see if you notice that that sort of helped your helped your performance and your your stage presence helped you feel good about you know what you were doing, and uh, ask your mom for help if you're under eighteen. <laughs> you can ask your mom for help if you're over eighteen too. Yeah, <laughs> I still ask my mom for help. Like, mom, I don't know what to wear. And, you know, because she's my mom, so she'll be like, Elena, that's a bit much. But I can be like, but now I'm older, I can be like, you know, I think I do want it to be a bit much. <laughs> when I was younger and she'd say that, that meant take the take the shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> but now it just means, yeah, I mean, like, you can take that, just take that into consideration. Like, my mom said it's too much. It might be, but maybe I'll just wear it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's making me happy to look in the mirror, so. Ah! <laughs> And sometimes things look different up on stage than they do in person. Um, on that note, as a one final quick thing, I know that from dance. Like, you would get a dance costume and be like, that is the ugliest piece of shit I have ever seen. And you're telling me I just had to pay 80 fucking dollars for this costume. And it looks like that, that is crazy. And then you watch the video and you're like, oh, oh that looks kind of dope, though. <laughs> No, sometimes like I'll like purchase something and be like, "Fuck, this looks bad," and then I will like go on stage in it and see a picture and be like, "Oh, oh, it it looks good." <laughs> yeah. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah. See if you could do like test pictures. <laughs> yeah. Look at your look at your stage pictures. Yeah. Because then you can be like, "Oh, that worked," or "Oh, that didn't," or "I was so worried about that and you can't even see it." Yeah. Yep. All right, well, we uh, we hope this has been helpful for you. Uh, Julianne and I rambling for as long as we did. It was a, uh, Julianne, you can't see, but she's giving you the peace sign. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to Back Me Conversations. We put out a new episode every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all stream platforms. And we're really excited to be doing some like um, solo episodes now. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about, just DM us, comment on uh, our Instagram, let us know. This is Back Me Conversations signing off.